Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name's Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocket Podcast. Black Friday is here once again, but have we had enough of it? Pocket editor Chris Hall joins me to discuss the sales holiday and gives us his top tips on how to get the most out of the deals. Meanwhile, I recently caught up with Charlie Boardman and electric vehicle logistics business Go With Flow to discuss his epic long way up journey across South America and how EV drivers can benefit from his experience in the future. And Pocket Adrian Willings joins me to talk about the Facebook portal Go. Is the smart video calling device from Facebook good enough to get? Stay tuned to find out. But first, back to you, Chris. Tell us more about why this Black Friday perhaps feels a little different from most. Well, yeah, you're right. Black Friday started as a novelty for many of us in the UK. It was probably about five or six years ago. And I think it's it's really moved into the mainstream. And this year feels a little bit different because it feels like, although those deals have only been there for a couple of weeks, it feels like it's been running for much longer than that. Um, and I think it's all it's all now become very familiar. Everybody's used to Black Friday. They know what it's all about. They know how the system works and it just doesn't quite have that excitement it did before. And I suspect that for many people, the urge to go out and spend on Black Friday is is slightly drifting off. I mean, this year is an exception because we're out of lockdown. The shops are open and for many people going in and seeing and touching and feeling before they buy is going to be a huge part of what they're doing. Now, some people would argue that you're just getting a bit jaded here and because you've been dealing with this for the last three weeks and that a lot of it's to do with sort of some companies not necessarily having stock because of shortage, you know, chip shortages and therefore there's no point in, in sort of trying to promote and discount current stock because if you haven't got enough stock to sell anyway, what's the point? As you said, people are going out again, they're spending their money elsewhere and it, it's it's in you know it's it's just lost its its appeal in in that sense regardless are there any tips and tricks that we can share with the readers if they are still keen and still excited to spend their money over the next week well of course it's um, it, sales are always welcome unless you're made of money spending a little bit less to buy the things that you need is always good and i'm going to put emphasis on need because that's mm. the the biggest thing that that retailers go after is your impulse buy, teasing you into buying something that you don't actually need. And I think the best way to approach Black Friday sales and to get a good deal is to think about the things that you actually need. What are you going to buy people for Christmas? What do you need in your house? What have you been looking for for a long time? And target those things, look for the best prices, and then go off and buy it. The thing to remember often is that, or, or as people know, Black Friday style sales now happen several times through the year. Amazon, for example, has Prime Day sales. And it's not that those sales are bad. It's not that the prices are bad. It's that it's it's now slightly more, more familiar and more common. You know that if you miss this one, you can potentially go for the next one. But there are some, some key things you should definitely do. And one is watch out for retailers who have put their prices up just to then discount them back to levels that they were already at. So you, 
if you're, and th- this works really well when you know what you want to buy because you know how much it costs, how much it normally costs, and how much that discount really is. So although it might be advertised as £300 off, it may only really be £100 off the slightly reduced price it was already selling at. Um, that That's quite common. And so I would definitely say shop around. Also, remember that, that these the online retailers are especially competitive and will move very, very fast. So if you see a discount in one place, it's highly likely that it will get reflected somewhere else. And we have to mention Amazon again because they seem to be very, very aggressive at this. If another retailer like Argos or John Lewis has a discount, very often you'll find that Amazon will come along and have something that's just a little bit cheaper. It may not last for the entire duration of Black Friday sales. It may only be whilst that product is being sold slightly cheaper somewhere else. But definitely take time to look around and consider how much of a saving you're actually getting. Now, one of the things that always trips me up is I think, oh, that's a great deal. I'll put it in my basket. I'll buy it tomorrow. And then I come back and it's gone. <laughs> how how can we, how can you, is there anything you can look at to kind of, you know, to sort of make sure that you get the deal when you want it? Well, yeah, I mean, so many of these things that are discounted, you can see that there is low stock. And there's been a little bit of a hoo-ha over the past few years with online retailers saying this is limited or uh, there there aren't very many of these to encourage people to buy it, which hasn't necessarily been true. But with some of the some of the big bigger retailers, sometimes those deals run out and then they're just gone and they're literally just selling off existing stock that they've got. So I think it comes back to that thing about buying what you actually need. If you need it, if it's a good price and you can afford it, buy it and, and don't hang around too long because some of those good deals will sell out, the stock will sell out and it may be some time until it comes back. But also, you'll see that some retailers will list when things are coming back into stock. So they'll be selling stuff at a reduced price that they don't actually have at that point in time, uh, which can get very, very confusing. Mm. So, you know, definitely read around, look beyond the price and make sure that you know uh, when it's going to appear and what you're actually getting. And any final last tips? Well, with these kind of discounts, there are some things that, that... that come up that that are genuinely good deals. Um, going back to Amazon and their devices, things like their their Fire Sticks, some of the Echo smart speakers, things like that. Amazon's own branded devices have big discounts, and although they happen on a regular basis, if somebody has asked for one of these things for Christmas or you want to set up a new streaming stick for your house, then there are some very good offers on those. Uh, Roku in the UK has discounted their streaming products by about fifty percent. Um, and those prices are really aggressive and they are genuinely are good deals. It means that you can get your TV connected from about £14, which seems ludicrous, but um, that's the world we live in. Still to come, Adrian gives us his verdict on the Facebook Portal Go. Perhaps some of those are a bit gimmicky, but even just from a standard daily call or weekly call usage, they're just it's just a really convenient experience. Charlie Boardman has been driving motorbikes as far back as he can remember, but it wasn't until recently that he jumped on one of the first electric Harley-Davidson bikes to drive from the tip of South America all the way to Los Angeles, covering some 13,000 miles in the process. Now back from his epic journey, he's working with Go With Flow, a company that helps organizations transition to electric vehicles. Off the back of a talk by Charlie and head of marketing Thomas Edwards at Go With Flow at this year's Web Summit, I caught up with the pair to find out more. 
I started by asking Charlie, considering he's ridden an electric vehicle further longer and in more demanding conditions than most of us, as to whether he believed we're ready to go fully electric on our vehicles just yet. Well, hey there. I think, um, uh, yeah, well, that's very kind of you to say that, that I've, I've ridden more than most. I, I think um, it was quite funny when we when we first came up with the idea of going of doing Long Way Up, It was a, there was a long break between the last one and, and you and I, we're sort of sitting there sort of thinking, you know, we've done it on petrol, you know, um, you, you know, we know how that works. And, and, and then, and then it, um, I think it was Russ who, um, our, our producer, Russ Malkin, he came up with the idea of saying, look, you know, why don't we do it electric? No one's really done that kind of mm. distance before. So we thought, you know, that was a wonderful idea. And, and, and we, we, we sort of did it. And, and I, th- I think if we know what we knew now, I think we would have questioned ourselves a lot more of, of whether we would do it. Um, but 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 everybody kept telling us that it was impossible to do and 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 that you know that you couldn't do it there were no ch- fast chargers in south america or central america or, or mexico or pretty much anywhere we were going really we didn't really know what to expect you, you, you know we knew that we were going to have to plug into people's um uh uh houses or or mm. businesses or whatever and 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 um and and so we kind of we kind of went from there, and I, th- I think it was more about people sort of telling us that we couldn't do it, it w- made us want to do it more. And 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 what's quite nice now that that we that we finally done it, you get lots of people who have range anxiety about about electric electric um, vehicles, and they go, well, you know, my car will only do under three hundred miles. I, you know, what happens if I want to go to Cornwall? And and mm. and. Uh, and 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 you go well. How how often do you do you go do you go to Cornwall? And some people will say, well, I've never been, you know. So 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 I think it's it's just that fear of change. Um, and but now now that people say, oh, you, you know, electric vehicles can't go anywhere, I go well, actually they can. So um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I, I we interviewed for the podcast uh, Robert Owen a couple of uh, last year actually, and he was kind of saying, well, after three hundred miles, I need to stop and have a wee anyway. Um, yeah, but because, no one's yeah. like 300 miles. I mean, that, that's that, that's the thing. And as well as that, I think what a lot of people are get make the mistake of because uh, people have fear of change, right? So, so, so when when you were going from let's say from horse to horse and cart to to the petrol driven car, you know, people were absolutely terrified of that. You know, you would leave your home, you would you were the full tank of gas, you'd drive down to to the, wherever town you're going to, and then you weren't sure if you're gonna be able to buy fuel in that town. And the only place you could buy fuel was in a chemist if they had it. So um so so this range anxiety is is not something new. It it it's 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 um it was it's it's been there, you know, right from the beginning of um of combustion engines and 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 so and 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 I think people are, are scared of change. So it's like people were scared to go into in, in into the lockdown. People fought it, mm. and then once they were in lockdown, they were terrified about coming out again. Yeah. So it's it's I think I think you know we have that, and we're scared of the unknown. We don't like change, and 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 I think that um, and and you know you and I were absolutely um, uh, uh, um, uh, we had that that same fear. I mean, I mean, you and I we were, we were on these bikes that were basically built for us. They were kind of, you, you know, they were one-offs. Um, I, I think you and I realized that 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 on the day we left, we realized that we'd never actually really charged the bikes properly before, and 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 there we were going off to go to go up through South America and you know thirteen countries and thirty thousand miles. 
Yeah, so now, Thomas, that was obviously one of the extreme examples of, of, of a regular EV journey. Most people obviously don't have that extreme, but there is this sense of, of charging is still seen as the biggest challenge, um, whether rightly or wrongly. I've driven an electric car for over two years now, and I, I don't find it an issue. But how do we go about working out a decent infrastructure for people to charge? And I know that's something that you guys that go with flow are trying to work on. Yeah, we work with people who, who do that. I mean, the, the the fundamental problem that we see when we talk about this sort of transition away from combustion engines to, to electric vehicles is that in most people's minds, they're trying to replicate a combustion engine model, i.e. you you fuel your tank as, 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 as much as you can or as much as you can afford. You gorge on that fuel that's available at the pump. You empty your tank right to the bottom, or if you're sensible with your carburetor, I suppose you you, uh, you you keep it a quarter full or something, but then you then you fill it up full again, mm. and that's the way we've all been using vehicles for for many years. And in in an electric world or in a sustainable mobility world, we're looking at actually a different um, different use cases and a different type of mobility. And it's not really about that gorging on fuel. It's about what I like to think is the opposite of that a grazing. So every time you park your vehicle, you'll be looking for someone to charge it in, charge it up, and you don't need to charge it up fully. You just all you need, if you think about it, is enough charge to get to your next location. And once you actually understand that model um, and when the infrastructure is there and when there is charging points on the side of the road, at the shops, at your workplace, back at home as well, then you won't worry so much about range anxiety and you won't worry about so much about how how difficult that um, uh, moving about will be because it will be a, just a different different type of transport. And Charlie, did you find on the long way up that charging, finding those charging points were quite hard i mean i remember watching one of the episodes and you kind of you found yourself in a hotel overnight in the middle of nowhere because and, and trying to charge it and the power of trip kept on tripping and things like that was is that kind of a common was that a common occurrence because it was hard to sort of tell from from watching the show yeah i mean i think um uh well the whole most of of, of the world has some form of electricity and and so so it's actually not that difficult to get a charge. I think when you're when you're in, when we were in sort of Patagonia and in, in in extreme remote places, um, uh, then it became difficult. You know, um, uh, I think we were in, in in one place where we realised that that you know they were they were off the grid. And they had that solar panel wind and wind power, and they were they were charging batteries. We and we and we realised quite quickly that 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 you can't you know charge a, a battery car or bike from 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 other batteries it it just it just doesn't work but so so there were there were sort of things that we quickly learned and 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 so so when we when we chose where we were going to go we we decide that morning where we were going to go we would then try and figure out a place and and we would sort of find out if we could stay there but then we'd, we'd sort of ask the odd question of, about 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 the power source so um so i think you you know you you quickly adapt I mean, and and you know, and sometimes I mean, we sometimes I remember we went to one place where where we'd been kind of in the wilderness for quite a while, and 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 we came across this quite um, touristy town in in Argentina. And suddenly, we were amongst all these lovely restaurants and stuff. We thought, okay, well, we will we'll get a a charge for an hour or so while we have lunch, and so we we thought we'd be plugged into this into this restaurant <laughs> every time we plugged in for some reason. Maybe they were drawing a lot of power because it was a restaurant, but we kept tripping. We kept tripping the restaurant, so either the all the um, all the punters would go plunged into darkness, or the, <laughs> the 
the kitchen would would all the would be plunged into darkness. But but the great the great thing was was that you know the the restaurant really tried to to make it work so that we could come and have some lunch. You know there were and and that was the thing I noticed the whole way up. People there wasn't one person who said no no, no you can't charge here. You know and people were absolutely delighted. And I think they all found it quite funny. You know you they would see these two blokes on on electric motorbikes and they'd be going what what you're going to los angeles on electric motorbikes and they'd go well who who makes the bikes and you'd say harley davidson and then they'd roar with laughter because they they just the idea that you know harley davidson make electric vehicles you know so it was um it, it, it was it was kind of funny and it was a great icebreaker you know so not only mm. really we plugging into people's people's properties or people's um uh, workplaces you were you were kind of plugging into them and 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 because you were charging you you had time to to get to know them so you were hanging out in people's houses rather than hanging out in petrol stations which is and, nicer and so with that i mean if you look at the electric car industry you've got you know tesla seems to be still very much the flag bearer other companies like volkswagen and and hyundai and, and stuff are catching up but it doesn't seem to feel the same there doesn't seem to be seeing that, that same sort of flag bearer in in, in the motorbike world, do you do you think Harley Davidson has got has got the smarts, so to speak, to to do that, or is there another player that you know is is going to become the Tesla of motorbikes? Well, I think you know it, it was really interesting. We were, we were quite surprised. You know, we we were sort of looking for vehicles in sort of two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen, and you know we, we we contacted the the normal bike people like you know Yamaha and Honda and all those the big manufacturers um triumph and 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 all those manufacturers and um none of them had anything and, and there was only really there was only really um harley davidson which 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 had a bike which had you know that 130 140 mile range that we needed and 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 that they were quite advanced in their in their um in their r d and their and their development of that of that bike and and so 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 um, uh, you know it it the, the choice of motorbike wasn't wasn't that great but now you know now that there's now that there's a bit of coin in the uh in that in that ev market you know everybody's coming to play now mm. and and i just saw an article this morning on a, on you know the 10 cars that are coming out next year that all the big guns are are doing all of them have got around 300 mark range all of them are getting yeah. much cheaper so so you, you know and that's what it's like. I, mean, I remember making a tv show about about 10 years ago and this guy was trying was converting a, a, a car into an electric car and he was trying to buy parts from 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 big car manufacturers and they all none of them would would, would even sell him parts because he was making an electric vehicle and nobody wanted to even know about it whereas now you know the, the whole thing has changed you know, so the acceleration of what we're going to get next in the next three or four years is just going to be bonkers. And that kind of leads me on, Thomas, to, to saying, you know, it's that question of what do you think needs to change to, to make electric cars more accessible to people and companies as well? Yeah, so, you know, there are mental barriers that you, you mentioned before with regards to charging, range anxiety and all that that sort of thing um, that 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 we need to prove as an industry that sort of don't really exist. And, and, and Charlie's a great example of that, who, when people say, you know, I worry I couldn't drive from, from London to Cornwall. And, and, and Charlie says, well, I, well, I rode from Argentina to LA, so I can't really believe that, that argument. Um, of course, he took a few months to do it rather than a few hours he might want to do the, the, the prior journey, but, but it is possible. Um, with regards to companies, you know, the, the, the issue they have is all about the 
uh, well, the issues they have is all about the data that surrounds it, really. So they would want to know um, where their drivers are charging and how much that charge is going to cost. And they'd want to control that only their vehicles can charge on any provided sort of tariff or any um, provided sort of charging network. And there's a lot of control that's needed to do that, um, which which doesn't exist for a lot of people. And then when you when you go down the road and excuse the pun, there's always lots of puns in this sort of EV transition world. Yeah. <laughs> you start to realize that um, you need more data for sort of taxation and things because the you know if your employer provides you with a charge to your vehicle for work purposes and then you use it personally, then it becomes a benefit in kind. You can't actually track any of that very easily unless you have vehicles, drivers, and charge points that are connected. Um, via the cloud, really, and all connected together. And that's the only way you can produce it. So the, the companies themselves are sort of working towards that and working out how they do that, especially in the UK, where where there's a mandate to not sell the combustion engines in the next eight years. So they know they have to transition. They don't know when, and they don't really know how they're going to do it. And Charlie, one of the final questions I, I have for you is, is, well, I have two, really. Is one is, is having driven an electric bike for so long during those couple of months, do you do you still drive an electric bike, or do you still prefer petrol? Or and then the second one is is would you ever be tempted to do any of the previous journeys again, but on electric? Um, well, I would um, love to do another another journey. I'd love to do another journey on electric. And yes, I, I ride. I ride. Um, I have a live wire, a Holly Davidson live wire at my house. And 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 funny enough, I'm I'm just about to put some some. Um, uh, solar panels in and people talk about charging so I'm, I'm having some solar panels put in put into my house or on my house and i'm getting a home battery and and i've worked out with the solar panel guys that i can get twenty six thousand miles of power from uh from the solar 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 panels per year so wow. i i can i can i can so i can do that so um um and 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 I love electric, but but you know at, at the moment I'm I'm still not ready to give up my 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 petrol bikes yet either, of course, and 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 I love that, and 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 but you know I do I do have I do have neighbours, and I've got an electric uh, trials bike, an electric dirt bike, um, and I can I've got a bit of land, luckily, and and um, I can I can razz around my land all day <laughs> long, and no one even knows I'm on the bike. And, and and I've got another friend of mine. He's got quite a big garden in in um, in Brixton, and um, and he's got uh, a little motocross bike in his garden. He's built this motocross track, and most of his neighbours don't even know that. And all, all they can see is sometimes they just see this this little, this guy in a motorbike in the air, and then um, you know comes up over the over the fence and the <laughs> and that's the only time they know that he's actually on on an e bike. So electric bikes and you know combustion engines still still have a have a purpose for all of us and maybe it'll take a little bit longer for for motorbikes but but you know already now you can get a 250 kilowatt charge which which means once cars have assimilated that you can go and get your 250 kilowatt charge which means um like a tesla you could probably fill that up in five six minutes Mm. So, so, you know, it, it's, it's there. I think, I think the, I think uh, the, the tagline here is just, you know, is, as you know, is, um, cause you have one as well is, you know, give it a go. And it's actually quite a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fun to ride, drive as well. I mean, the power. Whew. And uh, just for something that Charlie said there, that's, that's really key. I think, you know, even us as a company, we're not evangelistic about 
everyone using EVs, you know, they're not right for every use case yet. So what we really advocate is the control of the journey, here's another pun, towards that electric vehicles of environment. But we're not saying that everyone needs to do it now because there are plenty of use cases for which it's just not feasible. And just and just one last thing, if people really are concerned, you know, the the technology in some of these cars, like for instance, Tesla, just to, to, to use a, a, a car, you know, you, you put the end destination in and and um and it'll 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 tell you where you need to charge and then it'll tell you how long you need to charge to get to the end of that thing so it means you don't on that last charge or that charge that you do it means you don't have to sit there for 40 minutes you might only have to sit there for 10 minutes to get enough power to get to where you want to go so it's just it's it's just a little shift in the in the mind thought and um and 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 you know bob's your uncle and all that kind of thing the Portal Go is a more portable version of the smart video calling device within Facebook's range, complete with a different form factor for convenient conversations with loved ones. The company has effectively taken the Portal concept and made it more interesting in the Go, with the ability to carry it around the house, use it as a portable speaker, a digital photo frame, and as a tool for work meetings. But is the Portal Go worthwhile, and will you use all of those new features? Pocalins Adrian Willings is here to tell us more. Well, the Portal Go is an updated version of the other items in the lineup. Portals basically become more portable now, so hence the Go name, because you can basically carry it around your house with a convenient carry handle. And they've also got a small puck for a charging dock, so you don't need to plug it in. So it's just a lot more convenient in terms of the portability around the house. And that's the main selling point of it. But also, Portal's changed a lot in the last... Right year or so in terms of the software so it now works with a lot more apps and sort of video calling systems so the main focus is still on video calling and keeping in touch with family and friends and also colleagues now because it also works with webex and zoom and other apps like that so the functionality is definitely there in terms of being able to place high quality video calls with those people and have it follow you nicely around the room and do things like eliminating background noise in a convenient way that ensures that you have a good experience and i think it's doing a really good job of that it's still mm, not cool. as intelligent as say um amazon alexa or google home in terms of search functionality or responses like that but it's very intelligent and useful for staying in touch with your family especially and so this is so let's start sort of slightly back step slightly who who's this for because effectively you know we've obviously over the last year we've seen a lot of people now doing uh, video calls you know whether it's the with are saying hi to the granny or, or what have you so we've got got used to that but obviously you can use a tablet or you can use your phone so where does the where have you found the main benefit coming from using sort of a more dedicated device I think this is a more hands-free experience rather than having to worry about holding on to a phone or a tablet and trying to get it into the right position and a family-based experience. So we've been using it a lot for keeping in touch with grandparents, you know, when people are ill constantly this time of year, especially mm. with the problems with COVID going around. It's nice to have that convenience of having everybody in the room easily visible on the call and to be able to get involved in that chat. And I think that's one of the things that, Portal's been pushing a lot with the elements of um, augmented reality being pulled into there. It has things like the story time functionality where basically 
grandparents can read stories to grandchildren from a distance and have a sort of fun back and forth interactive experience over the calls rather than just the standard how you do in chat right so it adds an extra sort of element into it then perhaps some of those are a bit gimmicky but even just from a standard daily call or weekly call usage they're just it's just a really convenient experience because of the intelligence and the way it tracks people around the room the way it's able to eliminate the noise the way it's able to just sort of focus on you and make sure you've got the best quality out of it Cool. And if there was something that having used it now for quite some time, is there anything that you'd think, oh, I really wish they could improve this? Like I said, I think the experience, I mean, they've added in Alexa, so you can use Alexa now. So you have both voice functionality in terms of saying, hey, portal, and it'll do some things with that, but you can also use Amazon Alexa. So it's a bit more intelligent. And but the, you've, I think you get a better experience out of Amazon devices in terms of if you want to just search for something or you want to know the results of some sort of search or doesn't do that as well as those other devices. But for a video-centric thing, it's, it's very useful. And having that screen there is also handy because you can obviously also, if you're in the kitchen, for example, and that's one of the convenient things about it, just being able to grab it and take it with you places you could put it down in the kitchen and then ask for a recipe on something and you start, you know, preparing whether you're baking some cookies or preparing a meal or whatever, you can do that. So it's nice that it does that. And I think if they can improve on that sort of thing more in the future, it become even more usable. And the final question is, is it a keeper? Would you like to keep it? Or are you happy when they say, can we have it back? Absolutely. It's a handy device to have about, especially just with social distancing and, just staying in touch, I think, with people we don't see enough of. It's it's nice to be able to have that. And they've added a flexibility where you can uh, make it a household-centric device so you can assign certain contacts that everybody in the house can get in touch with. So your kids could use it even when you're not there, not accidentally be calling your boss or <laughs> someone else you don't want them to, but still stay in touch with granny or whatever else. So it's, it's a very household-friendly device, I think, to have around. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, pip pip. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.